Yes, on this, the very first Focus episode of our new podcast, we talk Prince Harry and Burnout, the great return and the great resignation, and of course, the do's and don'ts of vaccine mandates. I'm John Kennard, editor of Unleash, and this is Unleashcast. Now, me and Ali met face-to-face to record this, which was really nice, but the sound quality had the ambience of a WeWork meeting room, so do bear that in mind. Apart from that, do enjoy. Here we go. Okay, welcome to Unleashcast talent and recruitment focus. This is our very first one. With me I have Ali Navrat who is senior journalist and talent and recruitment lead in our editorial team. And we're here to talk about a few of the interesting stories, opinion pieces, analysis, things that have been happening in the world in the last month or so. Ali, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you, John? I'm good, yes. This is the first of many. And uh, this is where we focus on as I said, the kind of the, the recruitment side of things, the, this side of the people industry that we're involved with. The first story that we're going to talk about is the recent revelations that Prince Harry has been suffering from burnout during the pandemic. So we published this story recently. This, this was published on February the 4th. It kind of went a little bit mental on social media, <laughs> which is, I guess, there's a lot of fans of the Sussexes. Mm-hmm. But to the contents of the story, tell us a bit about story itself um so yeah the story was emerged really because prince harry is chief impact officer at a company called better up which is a coaching company and i'm not quite sure what that job really entails but he's kind of on their board talking a lot about mental health and burnout and he did a kind of um webinar i suppose with serena williams who also talks a lot about mental health and kind of connection with physical health and they just discussed you know the pandemic but also generally how they've been feeling and they talked a lot about you know this burnout that Harry has been feeling I guess you know being in the news almost every day um, usually negatively is probably a lot for a person to take on no matter if they're a royal and they're you know maybe more used to it it's still I can imagine I mean I would crumble in the face of that kind of pressure so yeah so he basically just talked about his coping mechanisms which is kind of what we then decided to talk about was obviously there's things that individuals can do to help themselves deal with their stress and their burnout but there's also ways that companies can really make sure that their employees aren't burning out but also if they are try and manage it try and you know find ways to stop it happening in the future but also mitigate it at the time. Yeah, I think um, the tips are a combination of, as you said, a combination of things you can do yourself and that employers can do for you. One of the most obvious ones being open lines of communication, asking for help. It's uh, it's a very obvious thing, but not everyone does it, mm. you know. Um, also, with the kind of the bleed into work and home life, people working longer hours, for all the great things that remote working can do for your work-life balance... A lot of people are working longer hours, and so making sure you do take breaks. And then your final point was um, was about HR tech. We're a tech. Yeah. We, we we talk a lot about technology, of course. So talking about the the use of well-being tech as well. When we published it, uh, as I said, it it kind of blew up. There's obviously going to be the pushback, particularly with the involvement of Serena Williams as well, who's a public figure, and the the, the pushback from you know, any, anyone on social media would be, oh, you know, what have they got to worry about and all this, this nonsense. And it's, everyone knows that mental health doesn't discriminate by your, your pay packet or your, pro, your public profile or anything like this. And obviously having a public profile, especially I would say Prince Harry, maybe more so than Serena Williams, uh, of that 
of that ilk where you're constantly in the public eye is going to do some uh, harm to your mental health. So yeah. from my point of view, my personal opinion is it's great that he's talking about it and mm. anyone can suffer from burnout and he's using a platform to make a difference. That's the way I feel about it. I think it's definitely important as he's a kind of young man for men to talk about. I mean, there's a lot of issues about men in particular, you know, have higher suicide rates than women because they often don't talk about problems before they become so big that you feel like you, know, you need to end your own life. Obviously, that's an extreme example. So I think it's really good that he's a kind of, you know, man in his 40s being very open that, you know, fatherhood does come with its own stresses as well. Um, you know, he, talk, he talked a lot about that. And obviously, they've just had a second baby. So <laughs> imagine that's a lot. So yeah, I think, I think it's really important he's talking about it. I do understand, as you said, the arguments about you know, what does he have to worry about? He's not worrying about um, paying his bills at the end of the month. Or I think I put in my LinkedIn post, like, he's not, we're about to have this energy price hike. He's not going to be worried about that. But it doesn't mean that he doesn't have problems or he doesn't face challenges in his life. And, you know, he is, he has been quite open about, you know, when, his, when Princess Diana died, about how hard that was and open about kind of struggles throughout his life, which is so important that more people talk about it, I think. Yeah. I can also see both points there, but um, also it, just to wrap up on this uh, story, we've come to learn that if we just put the hashtag Prince Harry after everything, then, <laughs> then it, it does really well on social media, apparently. The next story is about businesses and their unvaccinated employees, and you wrote a really good piece, Should Employers Cut Sick Pay for the Unvaccinated? As we were preparing to record this, you did make the good point that the rules in the UK, at least... Uh, are going to be changed at the end of February so it it renders a lot of this moot but it doesn't in a lot of ways in that it's still the the issues of discrimination are still there you know and businesses different businesses are handling it in different ways some people are saying of course we shouldn't do this because I I think they're making a value judgement here that the blowback is going to be too great Mm -hmm. if they did and again it can play into the great resignation which we're going to come to finally um, after this story but some businesses are saying, well, if you're unvaccinated, you are a risk to other people. And it's not fair that you're putting other people's lives in danger when other people are following the rules and getting their vaccinations. So it's another two sides thing. Um, although I have an opinion on this. I don't know. What, you, what do you think? <laughs> I think what's interest, was interesting for me in writing it is we've done a lot of pieces about you know vaccine mandates and those kind of things, particularly in the US, because obviously... President Biden introduced one, the Supreme Court said no. So it's been quite a kind of dramatic incident where employers are kind of stuck in the middle being like, what do I do? What can I do legally? And what should I do for employees? What's the best thing? And we've also written quite a lot of stories about how employees are largely quite supportive of vaccine mandates. I can't think of the exact stats off the top of my head, but um, they, it's kind of, it's over 50% are kind of supportive. Um, Whereas which slightly surprises me because it is it is a controversial issue you know do you do you want to be in an office or a workplace with people that are unvaccinated but actually do you have the right to tell people what to do with their kind of body yeah so this one's an interesting story because it's obviously financially detrimental to the unvaccinated so a lot of companies i think are doing it because they're trying to incentivize people to get vaccinated they don't want to cut the sick pay really what they want is people to go okay I I was a bit unsure but if my employer is going to kind of penalise me for not having it I'll I'll just go get a vaccine then 
That's a really good point. I think that there's a, there's a kind of a hardcore fringe element of people who won't, but there's a lot of people who are on the fence. I, you know, I've got friends of mine who, uh, who who were unsure about getting the vaccine, but did it for these very reasons, or were like, well, if I don't have the vaccine, I can't travel, or etc. etc. So there are ways to motivate people, and maybe this is one of those. Mm. Yeah. I think in the article we did discuss a lot, kind of about employer brands and also kind of businesses brand because obviously as you said there is a cadre of people who are very against vaccines and very against the idea that you have to have a vaccine to you know travel or go to events or that kind of any any kind of requirement so would they decide say they're not going to shop at ikea now because ikea have decided they're going to penalize their unvaccinated employees it does. Is there is that kind of an issue? And also, is it an issue in the Great Resignation? Are you going to have all these people be like, I don't want to work for you anymore? Particularly given that the the, the companies that are doing this, are, you know, IKEA, Morrison's, Next, they are the kind of sectors that are struggling most with retention and attraction at the moment. Yeah. That's the question. I don't know. <laughs> I wish I did know the answer, but that's kind of some of the stuff we talked about in the article, anyway. From a purely business point of view. It's about risk versus legality. Mm-hmm. And it's about consideration for all your employees. And just because you have decided to go one way or the other doesn't mean you don't consider all your employees. But, uh, yeah, it is going to be interesting, especially especially with the great resignation. But also, one final thing about uh, President Biden's mandate getting overturned. That's only at a federal level. So I think mm-hmm. uh, yeah. individual organisations can still... Put, mandates in place so. yeah we did do some pieces about it um kind of around you know what what do businesses do now because yeah there's some state laws and things like that but if you have a business across the country do you have to then start implementing different mandates in different states that's going to be you know a hr logistical nightmare whereas the federal mandate was so much easier just to be like okay i have over 100 employees let me just do this now um, and there's also, are they going to face lawsuits? Are they going to face class action lawsuits? You know, is it worth it? Is it worth the kind of hassle of doing this? Or is it worth the hassle because you want to protect your employees and you want to make sure that everyone feels comfortable coming to the office or going to their place of work without getting worried about catching, you know, this really deadly virus? I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not you know, it's not something to be laughed at like it you know people are still dying it's not kind of a it's a pretty serious it's a very big decision basically I think it's it's a hard one I'm glad I don't have to make it (laughs) yeah indeed um so moving on to the last piece we're finishing on a rather big topic here which is the the great return which is something that we uh here at Unleash christened uh after obviously the great resignation which I would say probably started around q1 of last year I think in the US it's like July or something. It's the first the first month where it like I think it exceeded four million quits and it hasn't gone below four million since then. So So it's clearly a thing. <laughs> it's an it's an ongoing problem. The reasons for it are myriad, you know, it it's obviously driven by the pandemic, which has changed a lot of people's minds about what they want from their work, you know? They and and what they're prepared to put up with. Mm-hmm. But where are these people going and what is next? This is our question. And The Great Return, you, th- you wrote a, a few great pieces on The Great Return. And um, when are we going to see this co- coming into... I'm not expecting a definitive answer here, Alan, but 
when, when are we expecting to see the great return kind of materialise in en masse? I think it's going to take a while because a lot of what people were saying in the article, the experts that I spoke to was like, it's more people, they've done the great resignation, they've left their, their, their employer and then they've gone, oh, that was a mistake. This is not better. This is not better. This is not the kind of panacea that we thought it was going to be. This is not a silver bullet. This company maybe isn't. It seemed like it was better on paper, but maybe the reality isn't isn't quite the same. Um, so I think what I found interesting was there was a recent study that we published from Lever, and they mentioned that 52% of employees are considering rejoining old employers at the moment. So it's kind of that's considering. They're not doing it, but I do think maybe you know it's more of a 2020 three trend I say I think it's still too soon like you know most people when you change jobs you kind of want to stay there at least a year give it a year to kind of figure itself out so it's probably they're going to have to have left for a year kind of say and then they're like oh I'll go back yeah when I spoke to Claude Silver from VaynerMedia uh, she said a similar thing she was thinking probably 2023 is actually the time when it's really going to kick in yeah because like you say you need time out to then realise it may be a case of the grass is always greener. But I think regardless of whether people do actually go back to their old work or not, the positive aspects of this are out there now already. Mm. So even if they suddenly decide that they do want to go back to Ikea or Walmart or wherever it might be, these policies are going to be changing because people have seen that, yeah. that, that, that the move is going to be made and people are voting with their feet. So... Interesting, really, really interesting. I think it's interesting as well because it's whether or not employers should be actively trying to recruit back their alumni. You know, should you, I don't know, reach out to people who used to work? Say we could reach out to people who used to work at Unleash and be like, do you want to come back? You keen? We've kind of say we've like changed our benefits, we've changed all of this. Maybe they will be tempted to come back, but it's kind of how actively you pursue it. I think, and that's kind of what the Lever study was suggesting, was that people, they should be going out there. Maybe this is a way to solve the great resignation, is to kind of tap back into people who left on good terms, but they left, you know, maybe for a better paycheck or for a different type of career. But now they've left, they've gained some new skills, they've kind of gained some experience in the workplace, and they are keen to kind of give you another shot, I guess. Great way to sum it up. So that was our very first talent and recruitment focus for Unleashed Cast. See you next month.